Today's episode is brought to you by McLean Middleton, providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. Hey, everybody, this is Jeff Feingold, editor of New Hampshire Business Review, bringing you our Down to Business podcast for February 17th, 2021. Well, six weeks in already. We just haven't started even having any of the fun we're going to be supposed to be having, right? Anyway, uh, t- this week we have uh, two really good guests on. We have Jim Glassman, who's the head economist at J.P. Morgan Chase. And we also have Tom Cunningham, who's a vice president for J.P. Morgan Chase in based in Manchester. And they're going to be talking about this really interesting survey that uh, J.P. Morgan Chase did uh, that released last month. It was a... a Business Leaders Outlook Survey. And in particular, it's interesting for us at the Hampshire Business Review because what they did was survey a lot of small and medium-sized businesses, you know, the kind of people, businesses that are 99.9% of the uh, business population in the state. So this is this is really what, what, they're, what they're saying about the coming year. I hope, I think, is reflective of the sentiment that we are seeing in New Hampshire. Anyway, Jim, could you talk a little bit about what you see as like the major takeaways from, from, from the survey that you, that you see for 2021? Yeah. You know, this, this population, small businesses really bore the brunt of the, um, the lockdowns when we were trying to, they were trying to manage the, the um, social distancing restaurants, bars, fitness centers, anybody who's involved in the air travel system. So these are the guys that you want to hear from. Uh, And what I found really the takeaway for us was these guys are, pretty optimistic about 2021, pretty hopeful. And the guys, you know, and the, and the ones that were, obviously these are survivors, right? Anyone who's been at, you know, still, still in business this time, you know, a year later are the survivors. But what we found, uh, the, the guys that are survivors are the ones that have figured out how to uh, work with customers online, uh, use digital technologies and, um, that's been the story for all of us, right? I mean, the guys that can figure out how to shift from working at the office to working at home, communicating virtually, shopping online, anybody, what they, what this community realizes is that you have no other way. And so well, I was surprised that um, people figured this out pretty quickly. And I think, I think they also know. They're, I mean, they're hopeful because obviously we all know this is a medical problem. Uh, it's not really... I mean, it's an economic problem because of the actions we had to take to slow things down and ask people to stay at home. But they all know that there is an answer. And by the time we took the survey, they knew about the Moderna and the Pfizer and all these different vaccines that were getting approved. And I think the evidence now, what we're finding, is kind of validating the optimism because we're finding that the more we can get people vaccinated, the more success we're getting in getting this, getting a grip on the disease, and the burden on the hospitals is falling very rapidly. So this, to me, what's what's taking place in the last month or so, uh, kind of validates the optimism that we were picking up. That's really interesting, Tom. Do you see that in New Hampshire specifically? Yeah, I sure do. So, you know, the the challenges that were brought on by this pandemic, um, you know, really force. New Hampshire businesses to rewrite their playbooks. Um, we saw, as Jim said, a, a lot of companies move to remote work, to saving cash, hoarding cash, uh, 
and, and really embracing all things digital, including digital banking. Um, as I think about companies and clients in New Hampshire, you know, like all other companies in the U.S. and around the world, you know, they have felt the impact of the pandemic. Uh, economic confidence, you know, it's it's slightly lower than I'd say where we were in the previous year. However, the business leaders in New Hampshire, they know the worst is behind them. Um, you know, overall, we're seeing uh, and expect to see a return to a positive, uh, albeit modest, growth this year. Um, business leaders in New Hampshire are, are optimistic. You know, they're optimistic about their company's performance, you know, despite, um, you know, the unpredictability of, of the economy right now. And really, it was around, as Jim said, you know, in November last year when we saw this shift, uh, business leaders have become considerably more confident um, than where they were at mid-year. And I would just say, lastly, businesses in New Hampshire, as Jim had mentioned, you know, they've, they've truly seen an acceleration with, with technology adoption, you know, launching new e-commerce opportunities, uh, restructuring, reorganizing supply change and truly, you know, realizing the value uh, with kind of all things digital and working remotely. Interesting. You know, Jeff, uh, Jeff one, one, I think one, one, next, one other thing that's really in the background in all of this is that the response, Washington's response was very aggressive. Um, big, big transfers of income for people who were losing income that, Paycheck Protection Program, which gave small businesses the resources to cover their costs for at least two months at least, and now that's showed up again in the in the latest version. I think all of that helped a lot of people survive, and you know that that was a that was a really unique approach. And it's interesting that that we were able to do this at a time when the country's kind of divided. So it was there was bipartisan support for those actions, and they were a big deal. Four and a half trillion dollars of resources were released, and I think, yeah, that didn't prevent the economy from going down, um, and it's and it's we're still struggling. There's more coming probably, but I think it it made a huge dent in the panic that you might have felt a year ago. Yeah, I, I noticed that myself. I thought that maybe at the very beginning, people were so completely lost when you talk about the early yeah. you know, middle of spring. And then then when they realized there was light at the end of that tunnel, they kind of recovered a little bit. But let me ask you, since you mentioned that, so what do you think about this this package from the, that the president, President Biden has has proposed? Do you, you know, it's a it's a pretty big chunk of change, too. And yep. do you think it's necessary into the, as we go forward through this year? Yeah, well, I'll tell you. Um, I sort of echo the sentiment of Jay Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, uh, who said he's been pleading with Congress. Who, and he, what he's been saying is, look, it's the risk of overdoing it is a lot smaller than the risk of underdoing it. And I think what we're, you know, yeah, you could argue um, it, it's, it's this proposal that I think is going to get through because, as you know, the reconciliation process doesn't require 60 votes. Um, to me, it's this kind of action. It may be that we don't need all of it, but I think this is the kind of thing that it guarantees in my mind and most of my peers that you're going to get everybody back to work by the end of the year if you get this in place. So, you know, and, and as Jay Powell said, look, if it turns out that it, it, it goes too far, we don't need it. Um, well, it's a lot easier to manage an inflation issue than it is to manage an economy that's continuing to struggle. 
I mean, honestly, if you'd asked me, if you told me a year ago, we're going to be dealing with this thing a year, for, for a whole year still, I think I would have been a lot more worried. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's easy. We got to remember, this is not stimulus. This is lifelines. This is rescue. So there's a lot of private activity that's not taking place because our restaurants can't operate. Our fitness centers are shut down. Half the public, you know, air travel is half what it usually is. So there's a lot of lost income and anything the public sector can do to replace that just makes it easier to get back on our feet. Yeah, because I, I know you, you, before you went to Chase, you, you worked at, uh, at the Fed, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And wasn't one of your specialties was, was inflation? So I'm, I'm thinking yeah, that someone who specializes yeah. in inflation I'm, is not as concerned. Well, I got to tell you, if I went to sleep back then and I woke up today, <laughs> I would not understand why, why we're not seeing inflation. One of the big surprises for the Fed and everybody is we're not seeing as much inflation as we had expected. And it's changing. It's making the Fed much more willing to talk about go overboard. Uh, there's a lot of social benefits of having unemployment low. That was an epiphany for them a year ago. At this time, we remember, remember unemployment was 3.5%, lowest we've seen in 50 years. And there wasn't really an inflation issue. And the Fed, the Fed began to talk a lot more about the social benefits for rural communities, for people who don't have the same access to, you know, the, the, the jobs are not are maybe in the in the in the urban areas. Well, they were realizing that this is one way to deal with that. If you run a high pressure economy, it does so much good. And the only reason they were able to say that is because inflation wasn't anything. Yeah, we, we we haven't seen any in what? How many years now? There's just whole, almost a whole generation's yeah, grown up without that's it. Not an, that's that's not an exaggeration. If you look at the average rate of inflation over two decades, it's it's been below their two percent target. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the big surprises to all of us is inflation. When I was in school, we learned inflation is very cyclical. When the when unemployment comes down, inflation goes up, and when the economy goes in recession, it comes down. Well. It hasn't really done a whole lot through some really difficult times in the last mm. two decades. Yes, it really it is really is eye opening when you think about it because you know I, I know I uh, right after I got out of college was uh, the era of stagflation, which was was which yeah. was harrowing actually. And nobody it's can, not the same. nobody. I when I talk to my colleagues and my peers who are thirty and forty, they cannot. They cannot relate to that. My memories of that period. They don't, they don't understand the anxiety about the all stagflation and inflation. I know. So, so when someone like Janet Yellen, who I think is a little older than I am, is not worried, I'm not going to worry about it either. So yeah. that's my motto. <laughs> she was there before I was. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, you know, and, and well, the thing is, here, here's the problem. Here, why the Fed is a lot more relaxed about this? If there's an inflation problem. They can always raise interest rates. Yeah. If there's a deflation problem, there's a limit to how far you can lower interest rates. This is what they've been. Japan has been struggling with this for a couple of decades. You cannot really go much below zero. Yeah. And so, if, and if you need to, then you have to start doing all kinds of crazy things like buying assets, trying to drive long-term rates down. And that's why they feel that the risks are not. They'd rather deal with an inflation issue than a deflation issue. Yeah, we know that from history, that that's definitely not, the, the alternative is, is much easier or better 
Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah. Take, we'll take a little break right now. We'll be right back after this. McLean Middleton is one of New England's premier full-service law firms, with headquarters in Manchester, New Hampshire, and offices in Concord and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and Woburn in Boston, Massachusetts. McLean Middleton has over 100 attorneys in five locations and has been providing trusted legal services to businesses throughout the region for over 100 years. A full-service law firm with practice areas in corporate, tax, employment, litigation, trusts and estates, energy and environment, intellectual property and privacy, and data security, to name just a few. McLean Middleton's commitment to their clients, community, and colleagues has helped them to establish and maintain long-standing relationships as trusted advisors. Whether you are starting your business, growing your business, or preparing to sell your business, McLean Middleton has the experience to guide you through the complexities of the legal system. For a complete listing of their practice areas, attorneys, and locations, visit www.mclane.com. Hi, everybody. We're back. Uh, we're back here with James Glassman from J.P. Morgan Chase and Tom Cunningham from J.C. Morgan Chase. We were starting to talk about your, your business leaders' outlooks. We ended up talking about inflation, but, you know, that actually, it's interesting to talk about that because it's still something that people are bringing up. But according to what Jim's saying, you know, it's uh, you know, it's not what it was uh, certainly 30 or 30, 40 years ago. It's just not the same uh, fear, which is interesting to think about because we are in the midst of uh, probably spending another couple of trillion dollars going for COVID. But from what it seems like, this is money that has been, for the most part, very well spent in just terms of uh, yeah. getting the, the economy, keeping it on on some kind of track. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You, you. Know, I mean, the, 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 the consumer has been leading our recovery. We know the economy has made a lot of ground, regained a lot of ground last year. A lot of it's because of that income help. And we're not seeing the same financial distress that you would normally expect when there's so much unemployment. So just look at what the banking community had to worry that with all that unemployment that we were seeing back in March and April, we had to we had to reserve aggressively on the anticipation that there would be lots of defaults, and it's just not it didn't happen. And municipalities are seeing decent collections on property taxes and income tax collections, and rent payments are sort of keeping up. So I think that's all telling you that uh, it, it's really that that help from Washington that has um, you know lessened the financial distress that you would normally see from a thing like this. Yeah, actually, Tom, I was going to say this. One of the things that we do, we keep track every month of bankruptcy filings. And starting last March and April, you know, we just expect to see this just huge surge in bankruptcies. What we've seen has been a surprise to a lot of the bankruptcy attorneys we talked to because they were expecting some kind of, you know, uptick in their business. Uh, it have been record lows in filings, even including the period when they changed the law and they were and the filings are made harder. Yeah, so this right. is what we see up and through this past month, up and through January. And if you, it, it, what, what do you, what's the sense of, what do you sense does that say to you about what's going on in New Hampshire, Tom? Yeah, isn't, isn't that amazing? Um, it's a good sign. So, and, and I think thinking back, you know, before the pandemic hit, you know, balance sheets of companies were very healthy. You know, earnings and sales were generally across the board hitting all-time highs. So businesses 
were in very good financial position going into this. The stimulus, the, the, the PPP assistance certainly helped as well. Um, so, I, you know, I am very optimistic about what I'm seeing in New Hampshire. And I think our message and our survey, you know, nationally is optimistic as well. With, with the optimism, though, yeah, I think it's important for businesses to to adapt to this new kind of economic landscape that we're in. So, for example, you know, having contingency plans in place that can be activated quickly, um, it, it, truly embracing technology. Um, you know, we have seen uh, in the last 10 months about 10 years worth of technology changes w with clients at the bank. It, it has been amazing. So embracing technology is going to be key moving forward. Um, and, and a lot of companies think that implementing, you know, these new digital tools, it's, it's time consuming. Um, you know, in reality, a lot of them can be implemented quickly, easily. They provide benefits, you know, improve data, increase efficiencies. Um, but it has really been amazing to see the, the economic environment in New Hampshire kind of do so well, flourish, and be in a very good position to get through this. Um, and, and, and we're bullish. You know, we, we continue to be bullish on New Hampshire. We're excited about it. You know, I, I have to say, you're, you're right. Jeff. I just, I just, I just, I just, yeah. yeah. Picking up on something you said, pointing out that the financial distress is really not, not anything like what you might have expected. This, um, this is a reminder that when we get a grip on this virus, for all the guys that are struggling in the hospitality sector, the restaurants, everybody, you're going to see a burst of energy because if the consumer has the income and they're not panicked about, you know, they've been taken care of sort of, uh, we're going to be in such a rush to get back to visit friends, be, be with friends and restaurants and bars, fitness centers, and do every, get, get back to normal. Then that's why to me, I think one of the interesting things that I see in the numbers is the number of people applying for new business startups exploded last summer. That, that tells you, there's a lot of people that smell opportunity. So there may be a lot of guys struggling. They can't quite care, make it through a year of shutdown like this, but there must be a lot of guys thinking about new ways to meet that expected demand. Yeah, I, I, I've, I'm surprised. I've been amazed that uh, several new restaurants have opened up in spots where restaurants have closed, even in, in Manchester right here and other parts around the state. So there are, it's, it's amazing that the optimism that still springs forward just really, strikes me but i wanted to touch on, on based on one other thing because you're talking about we're talking about remote work and adapting to it what about the what about the long the the, the projections for the real estate for the commercial real estate especially office space going forward have do you have any sense about where that's headed you know with with so many businesses finding out well maybe we don't need ten thousand square feet of space maybe we can use five thousand that kind of stuff well here's the thing um, that is the big worry from a lot of our clients that are in commercial real estate. And I think the problem is um, this is not the new normal. We're not in a normal place yet. And so you got to ask yourself, well, what's it going to look like when, when you have a vaccine that basically puts an end to this thing? Will we have a reason to want to go back to the way we did it? Now, here's the, here's the thing. Um, if you live in, in Manhattan, yeah, and Atlanta, and LA, and Chicago, San Francisco, it's, it's just a kind of a windfall. You don't have to commute. 
And that's what everybody thinks. Oh, great. I'm not, if I can work from home, I don't have to commute anymore. The thing is, you forget that there's a lot of benefits of being in the office. Uh, that's where you learn stuff. That's how you get noticed. And when, you know, believe me, when I'm, so I've been in my company a long time. When I have a question about a technology question or some question of a banking issue, it's a nightmare to find, to figure out who to go to and, and get hold of them. But if I'm in the office, it's a lot easier. You just ask your neighbor. And, and so, and, you know, so I think it's not a mystery that when we surveyed our employees, uh, 250,000, what we found was the younger you are, the more you want to be in the office. <laughs> I, so I think that tells you, yes, we may see hybrids or depending on the business you're in, you may find if I don't need to be in the office, yes, I, I will work from home. But I have a feeling we're going to find out that competition is going to drive us to sort of work back to the way we were doing it. So I think it's a little early for a commercial real estate guy to be tearing up the script yet. I think we don't quite know you. That's really interesting that you mentioned that because I think you're in New York City. Am I right? Or in the New York City area? I normally, I normally I work in New York City. Right now I'm located out west. Oh, but, okay. But normally, I'm not allowed to be in the office yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know that New York's been having its problem with commercial real estate. All you know, just it's been like a oh, disaster yeah. there. But a lot of that yeah, is retail. And which... Yeah, and and the thing is, I mean, um, right now they're in the middle. You know, when you're in the middle of a crisis, I mean, all the people that I know, uh, they're going back home to work. As long as you work remotely, why not just work in my parents' house in the suburbs? It's a yeah. lot easier. So there is a lot of that going on, and I know, and you guys have probably seen New Yorkers uh, moving up. Uh, thinking about buying, you know, second places up in Vermont and New Hampshire. They bought um, everything. There's nothing left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they worry about it, but you know, I don't, I'm not too worried about it because I think I've worked in New York for a long time. Uh, I'm not a New Yorker, but I can understand why it works. It's a very efficient. It's wearing. Uh, and there's a lot of humanity you got to deal with, but it's a very efficient way of doing business. And there's no place. Maybe Hong Kong, maybe London, no place quite on the earth quite like New York. Yeah. It's, it's well, a place you want to visit once in a while. You don't want to live in it. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a native Brooklynite, so you're not, tell, you're not telling me anything I yeah, don't know. No, no. And my father, yeah. my father and my grandfather worked in the garment center, which is a perfect example of what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. In those days when it was working, you just had to walk down the street to you know, do whatever you needed to do. Everybody, every, all your yeah, business it's... competitors and vendors were on the same, you know, same area. Well, you know, the office works like that too, right? That's why that's why people find it's so efficient to be in the office because you hear people talking about things that you should know about. You pick up, you pick up stuff. You you uh, if someone you have a question, you can find somebody on your floor that knows. Uh, it's a really it's a really effective way to work, and you're very focused on like like I know the people I talk to a lot of people, moms and dads, uh, remote working from home, managing kids at home, managing. Virtual classrooms, nightmare. They went out. They went to get back to the office. Mm. Yeah, no, if we've seen a lot of that. <laughs> That's very interesting. You know, before before we go, I just wanted to ask you both of you the qu questions about. It seems like you're you're pretty optimistic. You're reflecting optimism from some of these from these surveys for 2021. But I just say that is that an optimism that we would have had with our 2019 lenses on, or is it an optimism after we've been through this 2020 saying, well, we dodged that bullet. So, you know, this is going to be a pretty good year. Is this going to be like a really, is, is this a really optimistic year, optimism you feel, or is it just that we're, 
going to be back on track for maybe for 2022 and beyond? That's probably a lot of it. I mean, we've had a really good economy. I mean, we, we, we came out of an awful period in the financial crisis, but the economy has been cooking and you, and you see it echoed in the stock market. This is not, this did not happen overnight. So you could, you could say the same idea applies to the stock market that we were really getting, we were seeing a lot of good stuff taking place. We got blasted with this pandemic, but the optimism is more that we're going to make it. We're going to make it and get back to where we were, which was fine. We want to get back to where we were. So it's not, yeah, it's not that we're just thrilled with things. It's just that this was a scary thing and we're realizing that we can get through it. Yeah. Tom, how about you? Yeah, no, I think that's right, Jeff. Um, I think what we will start to see in New Hampshire again is uh, one of the, one of the biggest issues for a lot of our clients is is finding talent and, and workforce, right? So I think as soon as we start to experience that and it's slowly happening, that's when you're going to know, okay, in New Hampshire we're back because we're these companies are trying to grow and they can't find people to put in the seats, and that was a big big issue in 2018, 2019. And I think once once you start to see that in the headlines again, Jeff, that's that's going to be your indicator. You kind of know we're back, and um, we got we got to find a way to solve that. Yeah, because I know I know workforce has has always been has been for years the number one issue of New Hampshire employers, and I'm sure that's true of employees around the country. And it really is a it's really a difficult situation. And I don't know. It, it's if, if you think about it, as a lot of people thought it was all oh, because because technology is increasing the bar for the kind of skills you need. I don't think that's it. What's going on is the country is aging. The baby boomers are moving out into retirement. And so you have all these jobs opening up. There's like almost 7 million jobs that companies can't fill. So I think the reason, I think this is why the Biden administration, right out of the gate, they're talking about immigration issues, immigration reform. We all think that that's one way to deal with this. Mm. Yeah, I know I've talked to a lot of people in New Hampshire who feel the same way, because New Hampshire in particular is either the first, second, or third oldest state. It just depends on if, if from Maine or Vermont are getting older. That's Those are the three. And, you know, this is a discussion we've had in this state for, for many years about getting younger and trying to attract young people. And immigration yeah. is definitely one of the big answers. It's really interesting. So anyway, listen, I want to thank both you guys for a great conversation. I really learned a lot. And... Uh, I know it's not about me, but you know what the heck? I'll be the number one listener. Thanks. I want to thank Jim Glassman and Tom Cunningham of J.P. Morgan Chase, and also Ernesto Burden, my producer of the podcast and my publisher at McLean Communications. Uh, thanks, everybody, and be well.